Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's a new week. Um, but yeah, I still feel like crap after Saturday. How are you doing, man? Um, I don't feel, I don't feel much better. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not going to get as, as hot as we were on, on Saturday talking about the game, but time, I guess for me generally, like waiting the 30 minutes between the end of the game and when we hit record or go live has apparently been really good because we went live as the fourth quarter was winding down, like it was like the game was still technically going on when we went live this past weekend. Yes. So we didn't have those 30 minutes to cool off. Um, and I was a little salty. I still am. Well, and to be but, fair, we probably had at least 30 minutes to cool off before that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the I was, the game was over like after 20 minutes hand. of play. Let's be honest. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about some that some more. Hopefully not dig up too much, but you can't. You can't lose 70 to 30 in Austin and have a Texas Tech podcast and not mention it the following week. <laughs> you have to you have to mention it. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Um so we're gonna we're gonna do some final thoughts on the Texas game, uh, give some injury updates. Unfortunately, uh it's the first time we're really seeing those start to pile up in the negative column. Um get to our preview of the matchup with West Virginia this weekend. Talk about um, the matchup or give our predictions. Spoiler alert. That's where I'm feeling right now. Um, I was actually just doing some math to try to figure out what my prediction is so that I can say if I'm taking the over or the under on anything. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So Texas tech is a seven point dog on the road over under 56 and a half. Um, the biggest thing is probably, I'm probably putting way too much weight into this, but tracking the FBI over them over the season preseason. This was a close game. Uh, after the first few weeks, you kind of took a pretty significant lead uh, advantage in this game. FBI gives you a 27% chance to win this game. Now that's a hefty swing in the negative for you. Uh, then we'll look around the big rest of the big 12, get to your questions and what we learned. But guys, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at 23 personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at punt suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can hear us every Saturday or third year doing it. Rob Rose college tailgate show Saturdays, 10 to noon. Live in Lubbock on Talk 103.9 FM and 1340 AM, AM 960 in San Angelo, and online on kkam.com. 
Michael, you actually were, were there this weekend and started the game from the studio. That was rough. How was that? That was, that was a little bit rough because, you know, the rules of radio, since we did not obviously have the broadcasting rights, and you've done this before, I think, when we've been on the radio with an 11 a.m. kickoff, and you can't really do play-by-play legally. Right. So we, the best we could do was try to react, and then even then you had to you know, be on a, a bit of a delay when you reacted about what just happened. And uh, so that was tricky. And then it was also tricky because I don't want to throw him under the bus too bad, but Kyle just completely checked out. It was completely just into the game. And uh, fellow gambling gaucho over there was, uh, he was, he was dropping expletives that he thought were far enough away from the mic. (laughs) And and we're pretty sure they were (laughs) for the record. If anybody's listening, we're pretty sure they were, but yeah, he was, um, he was pretty much a lost cause after 11. He was just too into the game. Yeah. Well, it, it also, was, it was it still also, fun. We also went down was, pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when it's 21 to seven before you know it, and all of a sudden, why is Colombian? What's going on? <laughs> then, then yeah, the, the wheels are starting to come off. Columbia played great. We'll talk about that. Yeah, he but, did. Um, the other place you can, you can hear us is over on Spotify green room. That's where we do our post game instant reaction podcast. What we talked about a little earlier. Um, typically like to give ourselves just a few minutes to cool off, collect our thoughts, collect some stats, um, put some thoughts together past weekend because the game was over so early, so quickly into the game. We just rolled right into it. Um, but guys, it's where it's the live audio only sports talk platform free to download and to use. Talk to us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Lots of our sports drink brethren over there hosting shows. It's not just us though. Lots of lots of content over there on Spotify Green Room. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game break breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Joining with join in on conversations with us and have a chance to be featured on our podcast. We don't edit the the body of the show we i cut off the beginning because i give it a couple minutes before we get in but once we get going if you speak up you're gonna you're gonna be on the recording and you're gonna be not only on the live show on the on the recorded session that that people listen to don't worry though we're all nice sure i've never kicked anybody off we'll be hosting rooms every weekend every saturday um between zero and 30 minutes after the end of the game, <laughs> come, come through, talk with us. All you need to do is download the Spotify green room app. It's free in the iOS and Google and play stores, create a profile, link your Twitter and join the group. Follow me, Spencer Rogers, follow Michael, Michael McDonald. Be notified when our room goes live, come with your spiciest takes. So Michael, I said, we're going to talk about some Texas football. Um, unfortunately it's that time. Okay, let's get it over with. Get back into that. All right, let's do it. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With Tom. Delivered. Hand off to Marcus Field. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw. Going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, he's my. He's got it. Touchdown. Oh. 
Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raider. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Grant. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Let the scoring begin. All right, so I, I can't remember when it came up um, this weekend. Gus Johnson, I love him as a college football play-by-play guy. Just not for when he calls tech games because we've lost every game he's called. <laughs> but it happened twice this weekend where he called a kick return for a touchdown, and that's probably the most animated he gets as on big momentum swing plays. Um one was on Saturday and then dude pulls double duty, turns right back around on Sunday and, and, and calls NFL games. Um, so he had, he had a college kickoff return and then he had the one in Jacksonville. Oh, uh, where Kingsbury did the, the field goal. Yeah. So, Oh boy. It's fantastic. I love him. I also love Joe Davis who is, uh, he also works for Fox. He usually, during baseball season, he does the Dodgers play-by-play. Um, but so like in, in that and that clip we just played, he's the one that calls the the touchdown to Jakeem, Jakeem Grant. Um, oh, over the middle. The TCU game several years ago. Anyways, yes. just Gus Johnson, Joe Davis. Pros. Um, final points from Texas. Ugh. Offense. We got to start off with Tyler Shuck. Um, starting quarterback. Weeks one through four. Injures his shoulder collarbone on that touchdown that he ran in and landed a little awkwardly on it. Um, came back out and played another couple plays in the next possession. Um, but it is he is expected to be out six weeks. I, I rewatched that play. It, not on purpose, but I, I just kind of rewatched the highlights, which guys, if you if you're up for a good time, look up the Texas Texas Tech highlights from Saturday. It's just, it's just really going to make your day to watch that. Spend the twelve minutes doing it. But I rewatched the play where he got hurt, and I couldn't figure out how it happened. But I realized he, he went into the end zone, and he landed on his chest, which looked innocent enough. But he had the ball on his chest, and so I think that's what it was: was he landed on the ball on the ground, like across so his chest. And and this is just going back from memory. I I thought when so he dove in on that on that keep, yep. um, 
and he kind of twisted to get under a defender. And from my memory, I, I remember him going in and landing on his shoulder because he dove head first in. And I thought he was kind of twisting a little bit to not land like belly flop into the end zone. Like he kind of used his shoulder to brace, but I don't know. Either way, um, six weeks when you're four weeks into the season kind of puts it into a season, right? Like yeah. unless Columbia bombs it and like is terrible, especially in weeks like four five and six. Um, I, I actually, I don't expect Shuck back this year. Agree. I mean, the earliest he could possibly be back would be Iowa state or Oklahoma state. One of those two. And then which you know, is by like, then, Hey, yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, I, I think he would be able to, would he be able to take a red shirt on the season or has he already burned a red shirt before? I don't, I don't, he I may have red shirted at, um, well, so he's only played in four games, so he, he could medically red shirt for this year, I believe. Okay. Um, and that's obviously if his NFL stuff isn't as favorable, which I wouldn't expect it to be. He didn't have a stellar first four games. Um, but I mean, there have been bigger surprises than somebody playing just a few games and still having a really high draft grade. But yeah, so looking at a return for like game nine or 10 or being available game nine or 10. Um, I don't know if that's like if he's expected like to be unable to practice for six weeks or he can return to competition in six weeks. Also. Yeah. Good point. Cause if he can't practice for six weeks, it's going to take him a week or two to get back into it. And at that point, like it's bull prep. Hopefully yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please. please. Um, so Chuck so far in the, the game this weekend, he was nine of 11. So super efficient. Uh, you know, he's finding receivers 68 yards. Here's a problem though. Everything was right at the line of scrimmage. 6.2 yards per attempt. Zero touchdowns. Um, the interception was both on him and not on him. Like, yes, it was a bad read. It was a, it was a short route. It was like a five-yard hitch route uh, that he was throwing to the far side of the field. So, like, that far side, ball yes. had to go like 40 yards to get there, and it was going to pick up just a couple of yards. Um, But... This was, you know, several plays, several minutes after he had injured his shoulder is, I believe it was his non-throwing shoulder. Um, but obviously, you know, you, you twist and turn, like your body's moving when you throw a football, like even though it's his non-throwing shoulder, you still are moving that arm. Wasn't able to get a whole lot into it. Rat was jumped. Um, so f- for, for several reasons, one, it was a long throw on a short route. Uh, he was thrown to Ezukanma. The defense was already keyed in on trying to stop Ezukanma. They were looking to jump routes. They were looking to to key in on, on Shuck, looking towards Ezukanma, staring him down. Long throw, short route, and he wasn't able to get a whole lot into it. So the ball yeah. kind of <laughs> it didn't get out there very quickly. Um, so yes, I hold that against him, and then I don't. Columbia came in, um, <clears throat> and you're like. I, I like this offense. He was 17 of 23 on the day, 324 yards, 324 yards on 17 completions, 14.1 yards per attempt. Yes. It's helped when you have three big, big bombs. Um, but where I give him credit, unlike some of shucks, long pass plays, 
those were balls thrown down the field. Shuck's big pass plays have been like Ezukanma or the receiver making a play, making people miss and breaking off, you know, 30 yards after catch. Columbia dropping dimes 50 yards down the field, and he looked oh, yeah. good doing it. He was hitting dudes in stride. I mean, I was I was really impressed with that. And I was impressed with it enough to a point where it gave me some joy knowing that there's a few rabid UT fans who are watching that going, holy cow, our secondary is going to get torched sometime. At some point, our secondary is going to cost us a game. Or, you know, who knows? I, th- I felt I took some joy in knowing that there's enough, there were enough fans with enough reality that, that realized, oh man, if, if the second string quarterback is going to come in and throw for 324 yards on us and hit guys just perfectly running down the sideline, uh, it's going to be a long day at some point. And but, it wasn't Azukanma. Yeah. No, it was a guy. Uh, Geiger had one. Geiger, Fungie Geiger had, had one. one. Dalton yep. had one. Rigdon. Yeah. Rigdon had, oh, that was a great catch with just that barely got that foot in right as he was going out of bounds. Um, Really good catch by him. So, yeah, I we weren't we weren't ready to talk positives on Saturday. Uh, but Columbia, was Columbia was it. Columbia was it. <laughs> I mean, he really was. And you know, the offense once <clears throat> once they kind of recovered from uh, Shuck's injury, they really they played they played well. You know, if, if the other team doesn't score seventy, thirty five should be enough to get you in most games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be fair, the other team only scored 63 on offense. It wasn't 70. So yeah. there's that. So you can hang your hat on that. But yeah, I, w- I was really impressed with him, obviously. And the receivers did a nice job going to those balls. And it was interesting that Ezukama didn't ever really get involved in all of that. Well, I think that was by design, right? I And not design of, of Cumbie. I think it was design of the Texas defensive coordinator. Oh, I'm sure. Because I, right. I think you yeah. finally saw a team with the skill and talent uh, and ability to be like, okay, we're going to take him away or do our best to take him away and force you to go somewhere else. Um, and I think one after the shuck interception, you kind of felt like, okay, we can't keep forcing it. And Columbia came in and was, he's probably coached like, hey, so. Obviously, they're looking to take away Azukanma. We've got other guys available. Let's 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 try that out. Um, and one of the weirdest stats of the game, though, Michael, is like, so Texas scored sixty three points on offense, and you scored thirty five. They had like eighty more yards of offense than you did. That is a weird stat. And it, it didn't. Stat. It wasn't like you drove down the field and, and ended a bunch of of possessions with like, um, like turnovers or empty possessions where like you went down and threw an interception in the end zone or missed a field goal. Um, well, there was the bad punt return. There was a really terrible punt coverage. From, sure. From a tech zone. I don't know, five yard line. And this was, this was just awful to watch too, where he re- they returned it back to the five. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was a like a net punt return of zero. <laughs> Um, okay, so you take that one away, then they scored yeah. 56 points. They still scored three more touchdowns than you did and only did it on like 80 more yards. And as a tech fan watching that game, I was like, oh my gosh, we're like, we're just getting beat up. Like our, our defense 
can't do anything. Our offense can't keep up. It's like understood. I, I'm Spencer saying, I understand that total yards is not the best measure of an offense, but you didn't have as much of a problem moving the ball as you kind of thought you did because the score kind of put that in perception. Like they were way out ahead because there were some short drives early on for Texas. Um, they had the, the pick six, that punt that set up a short field. Uh, and then the fact that your defense just could not stop the leak. Like it, it just couldn't stop anything. Um, so like looking back, like offensively outside of the injuries, like you lost Chuck and then you missed Brooks, like didn't have that bad of a day. You ran for four yards a carry like that'll battle play, man. Yeah. I mean, the offense was obviously the only bright, bright side of this whole deal. Uh, yeah. Despite losing <laughs> your first string quarterback again for the first time, or the, I don't know. I, I was trying to think about this the other day. I think the last time that Tech had the option of going with QB1 all season was 2017 with Shimanek. Is that right? I don't, I don't, that think sounds he, right. I don't, I don't think he got replaced. Like, I don't think there wasn't anybody behind him. Well, he did get replaced, but I don't think it was because he was hurt. Didn't didn't Carter replace him against Texas, and then Shimanek came oh, that's in right. and won He's it? Like, oh, you're running out of time, coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah. the, at least it was a quarterback de- or a coaching decision, not a forced out of the game because of a season-ending injury in game three or four, like Tech has experienced the last four years in a row. Because <laughs> Carter was injured in game one. The, the following season, 2018, uh, yep. against Houston, no, uh, Ole Miss. And then we got introduced to Alan Bowman, and then he ends up getting hurt. Uh, Duffy never played a full season. So well, and then Bowman came back and got hurt. In, Bowman in came back and got hurt again. Uh, last year, it was back and forth, man. I mean, he, he, he only playing the nine games that you did. Yeah. Or 10. Sorry. Um, so running backs, r- rushing game in total, because you, you had some some quarterback uh, ground game. 128 yards, 33 carries, just under four yards per carry. You had two rushing touchdowns. Both of those came from quarterbacks. Love that Donovan Smith came in and got to play some. He didn't, he didn't complete a pass. He didn't attempt to pass. Um, but in the postgame press conference, I don't know if you saw it from Columbia saying, like, he's got great confidence that if something happens like on Saturday where he had to come out for a play because his helmet came off, that mm-hmm. Smith is right there. He's ready to go. Um, Brooks, uh, first string running back heading into this game, at least uh, missed the game. Uh, it was coming out Saturday morning that he was going to miss from an injury. Um, and then I, I, I read that he was injured on Thursday. Um, listed his day to day. Um, you know, along, so on the depth chart, he's alongside Xavier white. Uh, cause I don't think he, he was ever pushed up number one ahead of Sir Roderick. Uh, but now that he's back, he's carried, you know, 15 times now these past two games. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like Don Williams is claiming he'll be out two games. Is that two more games or just two games in general? It, it was two games total. That was, a, he posted his article that came out tonight that will probably be in tomorrow's paper, uh, Wednesday's paper. And he said that, you know, according to a, to a source, he'll be out two games. And that was just how it was worded. So I would imagine that 
this would be game number two on Saturday against West Virginia. So hopefully he'll be back against TCU. Yeah. So my thought is, okay, Roger Thompson should be much better, much closer, ready to go. Uh, Xavier White's been really good. Chadarius Townsend has all also looked pretty good when he gets a carry. So like spread it around a little bit, uh, but losing Brooks obviously didn't, didn't affect the game this past weekend, but he's a big part of the offense. Um, Muddy waters, unfortunately is going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, Man. And, and much more confirmed than, than Chuck where we're saying like, okay, he's going to be out six weeks. Uh, waters is having surgery Wednesday and a pec injury he sustained on Saturday. Um, now it, 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 I did see that he can, he is eligible to take a radical, sorry, a medical or a regular red shirt because again, he's only played in four games this season, uh, and would be able to come back in 2022. Coach Matt Wells said he would be welcome back with open arms. Um, the thing you got to be considered concerned with, with muddy waters is that he's already a fifth year senior. So maybe that's not high on his priorities. Like he's, he wouldn't come make a name for himself and then, and then get out, uh, and test the professional waters. He's done really well this season so far. Uh, he's got a, a really good career from Duke too, to kind of lean back on, uh, much more than I, I think Shuck can and say, look, I've got, I've got history where I, I show you what I, I can do. Um, so he may not be back to Texas tech. DeMarcus fields, uh, is also listed as questionable. Uh, he had a collision with Adrian Fry there in the second half. Um, I did see that Fry is kind of mentioned to be one of those uh, guys that may look to replace or fill in the spot on the field for Muddy Waters. But well said, it's going to take multiple guys. Yeah, I think they're shoot, uh, going to have to shift some guys around basically and yeah. kind of play around with almost the same personnel. Obviously, you can't because you're down one, but but basically the same starters just shifted around. All right. Let's um talk about the defense. Good Lord. So one of the things I, w- I wanted to touch on, and, and, and not that I'm saying like we call this because it, it's easy to look back and look at what Texas, te- what Texas has done uh, offensive play calling wise uh, with Sarkeesian. Three games, they basically ran it 40 times a game, threw it 20 times a game. Uh, they had a few more plays this weekend. They ran 52 times, threw it 20 times. Um, so the two to one pass ratio, it held true. It was close to 70, 30, um, 336 rushing yards on 52 attempts, six and a half yards per carry. And also picked up 300 yards in the year. Surprisingly. Yeah. And see, that's, that's what, okay. We knew something had to give because tech came in with some, what? 55 yards per game, some crazy average mm-hmm. of rushing. And Texas came in with 200-something yards per game, including 400-something uh, against Rice. But I didn't expect it to give this poorly in the other direction. I thought Tech would be able to at least hold their own, hold them to their average at the most. I was inc- incredibly wrong. They were missing tackles all over the place. They were out of position. They were grabbing at feet. They were running into each other. They were getting just mowed down by Bijan Robinson. He was just flat out denying people. Well, and Roshan daring, Johnson daring them to tackle him. Yeah. Um, so and then Thompson carving us up. That I didn't predict. <laughs> that was the part that I thought. Well, even if they're running on us, if if somehow we're able to drop back eight, which we did a lot, 
way too much. Then Thompson, oh, he's not going to be able to find anybody open. He found somebody open all the time. He never he really had to make plays with his feet. He just was able to find an open guy. Yeah. Um, I was with you on the passing part. I was like, if we can get Thompson, like if we can get to him or at least have him, you know, kind of be what makes the offense go. I think you had a pretty good shot at it, but after seeing him just be able to sit back there, one, no pressure. still had no pass rush this weekend. Um, whether it was three guys or six, you never got home. Um, you played a pretty soft zone defense and yeah, I, I'm not sure why, because when you had done really well in pass defense up until this point, you were all, you were playing man. Um, when you were getting carved up against SFA, you were playing zone. Uh, when you played zone against Texas, you got carved up. So your zone techniques, your teaching of zone isn't working right now. Um, and like I said, it didn't really matter if you were blitzing or rushing three, like you weren't getting there. You weren't causing him to move off his spot. Um, and he was able to find just wide open guys. Uh, I looked at their, their, um, their number one receiver, Xavier worthy. I was like this six foot one sixty guy. Like that's nothing. And on the broadcast, you're like, you remember at Alabama, he had a guy named Devonte Smith, the same size. And I'm like, we're not saying he's, he's Devonte Smith, but look what he's doing. I was like, all right. All right. So I was wrong there. Thompson, like, yeah, he had a good day. He threw one interception um, and may have been trying to do too much. Like uh, he had a big lead at that point. Just kind of messing around, basically an arm punt into the, into the end zone. Yeah, who cares? Uh, 18 of 23 hit five incompletions on the day. One of those being interception, 16 yards per catch, five touchdowns. Uh, your defense, I'm not sure where it comes from, but like we've seen, we've seen uh, media guys saying there was just some communication breakdowns. Uh, I'm not sure what that means uh, because your guys were, were out of place. They were, they weren't lining up. Um, they were gassed, which conditioning like okay I, I can kind of understand that and they're getting beat up pretty bad it was a pretty warm day uh, down in Austin um, but you weren't able to get lined up uh, you were moving guys real late you weren't matching the Texas motions like you guys like the Texas Tech defense would be lined up Texas would send a, a, like a receiver in motion and nobody moved like Holy crap, guys, there's somebody un like uncovered. What is happening? And I were just standing there like looking at the sideline. Um, and it felt more I mean, obviously, because whatever whatever was happening wasn't working. It felt more prevalent this time than I've ever seen your, your defense just stand there and look off to the side, not ready to go. And apparently there were several plays where you only had 10 guys in the field. You couldn't even get the right personnel out there, you couldn't get it on time. Um, one of those plays, like you, yeah. Texas scored uh, nine touchdowns on 11 offensive possessions. We touched on this in the, the post game show. Uh, you had two stops. One was the interception, in the end zone. One was the fourth down stop. They, they ran like fourth and eight late in the fourth quarter just to yeah. keep the clock going. It was a pity. Yeah. Like we just want to get the game over. It was a pity stop. That, <laughs> that was, that was not a, an actual stop, but you know, in the, in the world of stats, it counts as one. Yeah. So your fourth down defense tied for 106 in the country. You got to stop there. Uh, 12 of 16, you're giving up 75%. A lot of those, again, are short, short yardage. You know, you're giving up 
third and fours to fourth and ones and, and well, what jumped out, what, ju- what jumped out with that to me is yeah, Tech's Tech's given up twelve of sixteen on fourth down this year. That is the most attempts in all of the FBS. The that to have fourth downs. Um, oh, how am I? I can't. I cannot word this. Attempted. But they against. have had the yes. They have had the most attempted fourth down conversions on this defense in the country which is not a good sign because if people are catching on and looking at that, they're just going to say, well, shoot, we'll just go for a fourth down against Texas tech every time because it's it, even as you keep doing it, it's not getting any better the, the next closest is Michigan state. Michigan state's actually worse. They've allowed 13 of 15 attempts on fourth down. Um, and tech is 12 of 16, as you mentioned, but man, I, I hope people don't catch on to that. Cause that was something I, I just, was loosely worried about the first two games and then there were only a couple in this one, but they were big. Yeah. So going back just to to wrap up on our, our Texas thing, uh, going into the game, Texas tech was, or at least when we did the preview was an eight point underdog over under set at 61, Texas covered the over by themselves. (laughs) Um, I took tech winning 31, 27. Michael took Texas winning 35, 28. He was closest. (laughs) <laughs> in that yeah. Texas scored 70 and Texas Tech scored 35, but he said Texas Tech would score 28. So again, if you're if you're listening to which one of us you wanna you wanna pay more close attention to with the predictions, it's probably gonna be Michael. Um not not really. Not <laughs> I mean, I'm not proud of that. I was um I, of, and I'm not sure picking Texas to win 35 to 28 and then they they won 70 to 35. I don't really call that a win. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one, but like one, I didn't think your defense was gonna look just like like boo-boo. Um <laughs> I I really thought like if you could hold them to like three and a half, four yards of carry and then kind of force Thompson to have to to look to to, to carry some of the offense of the year, you'd have a pretty good shot at it. Um, sure, but neither of those things happened. No, you couldn't stop the well, run, you couldn't stop the pass. Even- even when quote unquote, he was forced to go through the air, he threw for 300 freaking yards on us. So yeah, yeah. L- lesson learned, uh, you know, one <laughs> thing, one stat I keep throwing out there or seeing is dating back to last year. Thompson has led Texas on. I forgot how many, it was a ridiculous a day. It was like, it or was not like, in a row, but just blank out of blank or something like 18 out of 23 of his scoring drives. That, that was actually his, passing numbers. I forgot what it was, but something like that. It was something ridiculous like that. Yeah. He was have ended in touchdowns. Yeah. And I thought, well, we certainly helped him out. (laughs) Yeah. We, we, we padded that stack quite a bit and so did rice. So everyone calm the freak, calm, calm down. (laughs) Just calm down for a second. All right. Let's talk about West Virginia. Let's talk about Lubbock's own Jared Dagey because that won't be talked about enough in this game. So just, You you really think they'll bring it up? Just so you'll know. Uh, Jarrett Dagey wanted to come play for Texas tech mm. lightly recruited out of Lubbock Cooper just down the road from me. Is that right? It was, he was Cooper. I thought he was friendship. No, no, no he, he played for Cooper. Oh, my bad. Um, go pirates, go pirates. Indeed. Um, not that I have anything against, against friendship, Keith. It's okay. Like, no, no, no. I just, okay. I don't know why I just, I just had always thought that and I was wrong. Donovan Smith though came from friendship and I'm yes. certainly glad we have that tiger. Yes. Um, okay. Jared Dagey wanted to come to Texas tech, Neil Brown 
also at Texas Tech, same time. Coach's older brother, Seth Daggy, all these things. You'll hear about it on Saturday. Um, through four games, only attempted 117 passes. That doesn't feel like a whole, that's like 20, 28, 29. Less than 30 per game. Um, 73 of 117, only completing like 60% of his passes, just under 900 yards, uh, six touchdowns, four interceptions. Obviously, their their competition this year has been Maryland, Virginia Tech, Long Island, and Oklahoma. So pretty, pretty high top there, pretty low bottom. A couple teams right there in the middle. Um, backup quarterback, Garrett Green. Also a possibility you could see him if Dave yeah he get he, well he gets in quite a bit he um he, he, played he definitely runs few, a lot yeah he played a few series in Norman um he, I think he's he's gotten in every game except maybe Virginia Tech I'm not even sure actually uh but he's he's the guy that comes in because they'll swap they'll swap him out on the same drive and have him come in and either hand it off or, or carry it himself or whatever. So he's, he's only passed it 12 times. So that's not really a big threat. But I said that about Thompson too, but we'll find out. <laughs> he's run it 23 times for 141 yards. Uh, good for 6.1 yards per carry and three touchdowns. Yeah. So you've got a, a QB combo of Jarrett and Garrett that could actually cause you a little bit of trouble. So, um, you know, I was watching the replay of the West Virginia game and I think it was Herb Street actually broke down a pretty good play of, of Garrett Green's where both linebackers were just spying on him or not both, but two linebackers were spying on him and he had, it was a, it was a play action. Well, not play action, I guess RPO, whatever he, he had, or a keeper. That's what it was. He had the option to keep it. And they were so expecting him to do it that they kept their eyes on him and just waited for him to do it. And he handed it off and the running back went around everybody and picked up like 10, 12 yards because they were just so keyed in on him. So hopefully if he comes out there, text defense doesn't freak out and is like, Oh my gosh, they're obviously going to hand it to him. and He's going to run it. Cause yeah, it tricked OU big time on that play. Yeah. Cause if, if, if Green's out there, it doesn't mean he's going to be handing it off every, or he's going to be keeping himself. Um, cause let's not forget Laddie Brown is still, still on the team. Yeah. He's still and, pretty good. He's still pretty good at his job. I mean, there have been times in the season so far that like fans or just casual observers be like, has Neil Brown forgotten about Letty Brown? Um, but no, he's actually done pretty well. 66 carries 321 yards, just under five yards per carry and five touchdowns. Um, he had 173 yards against Virginia Tech. So maybe. Oh, actually, wait. That's the team. That's the team. Excuse me. Those um, are team stats. That's what, because it kind of threw me off. I've got a stat coming up later that doesn't make a ton of sense. And then I realize, man, they just don't run the ball as much as you think they would, or they're yeah. not as successful at it. Totally misread that. So rushing offense is total 48 yards versus Maryland, 47 versus OU, and 173 versus Virginia Tech. Yeah, I took Long Island out of the equation. Whatever. I didn't even look. Um, if if we can get back to the 55 yards that we give up and get back to the OU Maryland de- time defensive performances. Um, receivers, you've got three guys that all around the same number of catches, uh, 15, 15, and 17. 
Um, Bryce Ford, Wheaton, 6'3", 220, 15 catches, 219 yards and a touchdown. Sam James, 5'11", 183, 15 catches, 187 for three touchdowns. Winston Wright Jr., 5'9", 180, 17 catches, 172 yards, zero touchdowns yet. The offense, when it goes through the year, it's going to one of those three guys. Um, I think the next closest guy in receptions has like six or seven. Um, so th- these are like your starting three receiver, your two outside receivers, and Winston Wright's going to be your inside guy. Um, going back, sorry for all the weird noises. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going <laughs> to say. Going back to like the Dana Holgerson days where you think like they're just going to air it out on you. Like they don't, their offense doesn't throw it a ton. Um, they, they run it a little bit more, but well, again, not very much and not very effectively. So like them being two and two in the season, um, like you, you can't look at their offensive, like, well, they're, they're really good or they're really bad. Um, I mean, part, part of it's going to come down to the, the these turnovers. They've lost, uh, eight, four fumbles, four interceptions tied for 109th in the country in turnovers. Yeah. And I was really proud of that stat until I looked up and <laughs> Texas tech has lost seven. So that's really not a huge change there. Uh, but yeah, tech has lost three fumbles, four interceptions. They're tied for 94th. So, okay. The grain of salt on that, but I'm not, Oh gosh, I'm probably going to eat some crow for this. I'm not that scared of this offense. Uh, the the thing I'm not, me most neither. not yet at least scared of this yeah the thing I'm most scared of this offense or most worried is their ability to sustain drives which is something that we've wanted Tech to do all year and they were able to against Florida International and that was it but they West Virginia is built for these seven eight minute drives um, you know averaging three point three seven yards per play and just bringing it down. Uh, they've had trouble getting into the end zone, especially in the second half. So that doesn't worry me so much or as much, but partially because I found this great tweet from Anish Sharoff, and I'm I'm sure I'm butchering that nailed name. Y'all know how I am. You nailed I'm, it. Oh, thanks, man. But uh, he had a great tweet talking about how well West Virginia's defense has played and how that, uh, you know, the offense needs to kind of take up their, their, uh, part of the bargain West Virginia's offense had four turnovers versus Maryland, which is crazy. They only had 67 yards total offense in the second half versus OU and against the three FBF, excuse me, against the three FBS opponents they've played in the second half this year there, they have not scored a touchdown. They have yet to score a touchdown against an FBS opponent in the second half. It's all field goals. They're averaging only 108 yards this is total offense in the second half and they're averaging 1.8 rushing yards in the second half. And I don't know if that's because maybe they're playing from behind and they're just not able to run the ball as much. Uh, you know, the, the defenses are expecting them to pass it, but I, I would, I those, would say those stats don't scare me at all. Those no, are not, not worrying me, but from, what I saw Saturday worries the crap out of me. From what I saw against their game in their game against Maryland, they weren't really that far behind. OU and Virginia Tech were one score games. Yes. So it's not like they had they had a big, you know, 
deficit to overcome. Obviously they had a big lead against uh, Long Island. Um, and, and looking at those stats, those figures, I was like, well, like you could be in kind of a hole uh, going into halftime because Texas Tech, for whatever reason, this year in four games, you've been really bad the first half, especially the first quarter. And they, they, they pointed this out in the Texas game. You've been outscored 42 to 14 in the first quarter. Oh, God. Um, so like. Does that even include the Texas game? <laughs> I, I, I think they were adding to it. I say wins. So it, it may be worse than that now. Or maybe that they brought that up right at the end of this or right at the beginning of the second quarter. Um, but looking at the West Virginia second half performance and what your defense has typically done in the second half, the first three games, uh, your defense has gotten better. So even if you may be down at halftime, like you may not be out because for whatever reason, West Virginia's offense so far hasn't done anything in the second half and your defense excluding this past weekend although it got a little bit better in the first half, got better second half over the first half. Yeah. I mean, so this, this offense, you know, watch Daggy torch, torch the crap out of us or something, but and then green t- tears it up on the ground. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just trade off every other play uh, and, you know, go on, have time of possession for 43 minutes and whatever. But I, I'm not as worried about this, uh, in retrospect, I should have been even even more worried about Texas's offense, but there's not anything jumping out to me about West Virginia's aside from, you know, aside from Letty Brown, who's a great running back. But for whatever reason, it seems like they're just not running the ball as much as they should. Now, after they watch this week's tape, they might be like, well, let's just try to run the ball as much as we can. Um, but it gives me some hope there because I, I do think as poorly as our defense played last week, this offense seems much more manageable to contain and they're more prone to make mistakes. Yeah. So the, or something you said about um, maintaining possession, whatever I went back and want to look at the time of possession in the Texas game. It's much closer than you thought it was. No, I remember I, I did look at it and I, what it's was it between like, 12 like three seconds? <laughs> Texas had the ball 12 seconds more than you did. 30 minutes and six seconds twice as many points, <laughs> 30 minutes, six seconds to 29 minutes, 54 seconds. Um, you know, Spencer, that's pretty efficient offense. If you ask me yeah. pretty good. Uh, sorry. So I, I, I said that they had 80 more yards. I, I had inverted the, the total here. Texas had 639. You had 520. So they had about 120 more yards than you did. Instead oh, okay. of 80 still though. 28 extra points. In 120 yards. Anyways, um, defense, we'll probably say this every game from here on out, uh, except for maybe Kansas State. Their defense is going to look a whole lot like yours. Okay. Like this is the scheme everybody is running. Three defensive linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. Um, they are led by uh, a linebacker in terms of tackles, just like you are, just like Texas was. Uh, Josh Chandler, Samedo, Samita, Samito, 5'10", 226. He's got 35 tackles on the team. Um, they still do have a stills brother on the roster. It's Dante stills as a defensive lineman. Um, they, sorry, you said, 
Here in the notes, you've got four sacks against West Virginia. So, so they've only given up four sacks. No, they had four sacks against. Oh, I'm sorry. They had four sacks against OU. Against OU. Okay. I don't know why I said that. Yeah. I had that um, typed out wrong. You got it. Yeah. There we go. And then you found something from Don Williams here. West Virginia ranks fifth out of 130 FBS teams in tackles for loss per game with an average of more than nine. Nine yes. or more tackles for loss per game. So their defense is going to get after you. Um, they're flying around. They're really physical. They've, they've always been. Uh, their defense this year has been touted as like the best thing of their team. Um, and I was, you know, I was messing around saying, was that because their offense isn't that good? Well, their defense is, is actually kind of good. Um, special teams. Not, not, not joking. You guys, their kicker. His name is leg with two G's. He's, he's uh, just got that little bit extra right there at the end. A little extra. Six of six, six for six on the season in field goals. Um, okay. So let's, let's I'll look at the offense first de- defense matchups. Uh, first off, Texas tech offense, the pass offense. They average so far this year, 301 yards per game. You actually pushed your average over 300 yards with the game against Texas. West Virginia defense only gives up 218 yards. Uh, you attempt or you get 10.3 yards per attempt and they give up seven. Um, on the ground, you rush for 160 yards per game at 5.1 yards per carry. They allow 91 yards per game and two and a half yards per carry. So obviously it's not a matchup I'm looking forward to is <laughs> having our offense out there it's as, as well as they played last week. But this defense, man, this defense won them the game against Virginia Tech. I, I mean, Daggy threw an interception late in the game. Virginia Tech had, a, had to score a touchdown, I think, to tie it. Had it in the red zone. And turned it over on downs because they just could not move the ball against this defense. Yeah, so they're barely giving up 300 yards total offense per game. Oh, you struggled struggled against this defense and they're supposed to be this high and mighty offense. I want to, I want to just point out again for the third time this year, OU has yet has not covered. They've been given these crazy lines. It was like 17 and a half and they kicked a field goal two seconds left to, to win the game by three. They have not covered except when they played. I don't know. Appaloosa state or whatever it was. Western Carolina. There it is. There's another crazy line we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, flip the field. Look at the offense, the West Virginia offense versus the tech defense. Like here's where like it's, it's the same. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that means if, it, if, if that means it's a good or like, this is what you should expect. Like this is what's going to happen because they throw for 248 yards per game on 7.5 yards per attempt. Texas Tech gives up 254 yards per game on 6.9 yards per attempt, a difference of six yards and 0.6 yards per attempt. It's the same. They run for 117 yards per game on 3.4 yards per carry. Texas Tech gives up 125 yards per game on 3.4 yards per carry. This is including the Texas game. You went from 55 to 125. The outlier of the Texas game only pushes you to 125 yards per game, 3.4 yards because of how well you had done the first three games still a difference of eight yards per game and nothing, no change yards per carry. This is, this is the Spider-Man meme happening right here. Yeah. They're pointing at each other. 
they're pointing at each other. That, that's like you said, uh, that's either it's kind of jarringly. It's, it's not working in the positive for me. I'll, I'll say that to see these names be that close. Yeah. Cause I, names, I don't numbers. I don't know if that just means like, because they're so close, like the, the advantage is going to skew over to West Virginia. Um, or if just like, you're going to have a more of a regression to the mean. I, I say regression, but like the outlier of Texas, your, your defense is going to be better than what you saw. It can't be that bad. Right, Michael? It can't be that bad. <laughs> I know. That's what I keep. That's the only thing that keeps me coming back is just th- things. Things went so poorly that there's no way they can go that poorly again. Or right? that they could get worse. That's Knock how tech fans on carry on. Wood. That's just, that's just <laughs> what we do. That's all there is to it. Okay, so score prediction time. We both have zero numbers in here. <laughs> I don't even know what to think because one, I don't like the offense versus defense matchup when Texas Tech has the ball. And I'm not sure what the Texas Tech defense is going to do with the West Virginia offense. Right now, Texas Tech is, a, like I said, a touchdown dog on the road. Road or Home teams usually get three to four points. So, I mean, it's a, a field goal game. Over 60 minutes, that could go either way. Over under 56 and a half. I think I'm confident on the under in this one. So um, I. I, I'm, I'm going on the under as well. The I FBI have my, thing. I have my score ready. I just have it in a separate window. The FBI thing scares me a little bit. 27.4% for Texas Tech to, what is that, 72.6% for West Virginia. Um, I don't want there to be a hangover. Oh, I just saw you type in your prediction. I don't want there to be a hangover from, from Austin. I'm afraid there will be on some level. I am going to take tech to cover, but West Virginia to win. And I'm, it's going to be ugly. I'm going to say something like, there's always something weird in these games, and, I, and you really are just coming up with this right now, aren't you? I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like an ugly number twenty six to twenty three West Virginia. <laughs> okay, for the record, I had typed mine out first. No, and and I I was I was gonna one of my numbers was gonna be one off from yours. I was like ah, that's too close. I was gonna say twenty nine. Yeah, last last week, you know, I had tech taking the moral ground of covering the nine and a half spread or whatever against Texas, but still losing. And, you know, my reasoning last week was, well, I mean, Texas got to play a perfect game and they'll probably have some crazy pick six or whatever. Sure enough, they had a pick six, but then, um, yeah, there were 63 other points involved. So did anyway, you let's see, not hold, go there. Hold on. Because you mentioned pick six. Did you see that stat during the game that Texas has had a pick six, not, not like the Texas defense, but in the four games this year, Texas has seen a pick six in all their games. Really? They've thrown two and they've, re- they've caught and returned to. Well, no, no, no. That sorry. makes for exciting television. No, flip that. Texas Tech has had a pick six in all four games. Okay, there you go. That, that makes more sense. <laughs> okay, so your prediction. Okay, my prediction. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it too because it's going to be a heartbreaker. I've got West Virginia winning 28-27. Part of this is because I kind of want to get back to where I was predicting Tech to be going into the TCU game. Uh, before we started this season, I had Tech had taken the L in Houston and taken the L in Austin. So they were going to head into um, 
and, and then winning in Morgantown. So they're going to head to homecoming versus TCU four and two. Um, I'm going to flip the Houston versus West Virginia game. I think tech loses this week. I don't want them to. Uh, I, I think that this defense that they're about to face is the best defense, maybe the best defense they'll face all year. And they're going to do it with a, you know, a depleted running back room. Uh, they're going to do it with a, a uh, starting second string quarterback who has started plenty of games, played a lot of games. And as we discussed already played really well in Austin, but they're doing this against West Virginia who has sacked the quarterback 14 times this year. Uh, that puts them tied for, I believe, 12th in the country. Just as a comparison. I don't like Tech that matchup has, with, uh, with the Texas Tech offensive line. No, I don't like that either. And yeah, they run a similar defense, but those those linemen up front, and forgive me if I haven't noticed it, but they will switch sides. Uh, after the ball's snapped, you know, the lineman on the left will switch and he'll rush from the right. And they're fast enough to do that and still get to the quarterback. And more specifically, to get to Spencer Rattler four times. That's not super easy to do. Uh, I think that that's really going to tell the tale of this game. I'm afraid that Columbia is going to get flustered back there, maybe make some mistakes or just have to take the, take the sack. or And then Tech won't be able to run the ball like we know they can. So that I don't think West Virginia is going to have a pretty day offensively. Um, but 28-27, I have them taking the win there and Tech still being 4-2 ready to play for homecoming against TCU. I don't like it guys, but gosh, after I saw last week, I just can't, I can't pick this team to stop even this offense, which I really don't think is a very good offense. Yeah. I I, I think I'm back in the, like, you have to show it to me now. You have to, you have to prove, yeah. you have to reprove yourself to me. I, the, the faith is gone. I, the faith is gone. And so I'm just back to, um, yeah, I need to see it. And if you want to listen to us react to this game. I'm unsure how exactly we're going to do it this week, uh, but we'll talk about that later. As Spencer's mentioned before, you can find us on Spotify green room. It's a live audio only sports talk platform. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes and insiders in real time. You can get in on the conversation and listen to us chime in, give us your takes. Uh, if you follow us, me, Michael McDonald or Spencer Rogers, you'll be notified when we go live um, it's, you know, usually up to 30 minutes after the end of the game. That's what we'll shoot for. So this kickoffs at two 30. So you might look for a notification six, six 30, something like that, that we're going to fire up. So download the Spotify green room app. It's free. You can create a profile. You can link your Twitter and you can follow us. Like we said, and get notified when we go live and commiserate with us, celebrate with us, Whatever it is, we will happen to be doing on Saturday. Hey, speaking of uh, of commiserating with us, guys, I, I have to I have to commend you, listeners, faithful listeners. We're in the midst of, or towards the end of, really, our best month ever in terms what? of downloads. So you guys have stuck with us. Uh, huge rebound from July. We had like triple digit downloads in July. We're 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 pushing four thousand for this month, which is a big month for us. Um. I know a lot, a lot of other podcasts don't like to give out that kind of number. Uh, I'm just super proud that you guys are hanging with us. Um, 607 
downloads of the instant reaction of the Texas game and counting. Love it. That thanks for hanging with us. Let's uh, let's talk about the rest of the Big Twelve this weekend. This first game, this line, nowhere close big enough. Texas at TCU. Texas is a five point favorite, and maybe because like it's happened to me, I want to see it just happen to somebody else. TCU is going to get hammered. They just lost to SMU at home. Okay. Yes. By what four points? Yeah, it was really close. And and then um. Oh gosh. Then Patterson came out and said people were throwing stuff again. And unfortunately, uh, one of their offensive coaches, Jerry kill got hit, which I believe that he got hit with something. Uh, I think Patterson came out and said it was a helmet or something. Well, he said it was an SMU helmet. Yeah. Or it was thrown they, by an SMU player. There was a skirmish after the game. Cause an SMU player tried to go plant the flag in the middle of their field, which is a dumb in the move. middle of the team, in the middle of the TCU team. Um, not as dumb as Baker trying to do it on a turf field up at uh, Ohio State, but because <laughs> TCU plays on grass. I mean, that just, I, I saw the replay of that and the whole time, I'm, and all I could think about was with this guy. He's like, he, he and like about one to get other killed. dude. He's about to get just, killed. <laughs> like, time's up. Let's do this. And it was just, I just felt like the whole Leroy Jenkins, the whole thing as he was running out there, just going for it. I'm like, what are you? Oh yeah, I'm surrounded by 55 TCU players now. All of a sudden, maybe this was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So the only thing wrong with, with my prediction here is Texas hasn't beat TCU or has a terrible. No, they haven't. Been, they've been like three and seven against TCU. Um, I think they get one more closer to, to 500 here. I do think they win this game, and I, I'm going to take Texas to cover minus five. Yeah, I would too. Oklahoma on the road, Kansas State, Oklahoma, number six in the country, ten and a half point favorite. OU, I don't like this number because I don't think OU as good as we thought they were. They haven't covered yet, right. like I mentioned before, aside from when they played, you know, White House State or whatever it was. Yeah, they they struggled against a not good Nebraska team. Um, they were within, a, you know, what was it three-point game against West Virginia this weekend at home. Now they're supposed to go on the road to a pretty good Kansas State team and beat them by two scores? No. A Kansas State team that's had their number what the last two two out of the last three. Yeah, and especially when they travel to Manhattan, like Kansas yeah. State wins in Manhattan. So Kansas State plus ten and a half with a backup quarterback against an OU whose offense has yet to really light the world on fire. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'll take KSU. Take, on I'll that. still take KSU. Number twenty one Baylor after they knocked off Iowa State, they're ranked uh, on the road to Stillwater, Oklahoma State, three and a half point favorites at home. A lot like Oklahoma, I they haven't shown enough to be like, yeah, I like Oklahoma State here. Um, I don't like Baylor. But I'm completely blanking. Oh, Oklahoma State. Well, maybe this is part of it because they kind of surprised Kansas State, right? They they beat them by a couple of touchdowns this weekend. I don't remember the score. To be honest, man, I turned the TV off. Yeah, I tried <laughs> like to two o'clock on Saturday. The end of the day, uh, and it was like I'm. I'm like I, I, I had another game on and I was like, I have zero interest in watching college yeah, football. I, I, I wanted to watch the Oregon game that night. I, I never got back into it. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not Me neither. Doing it. My wife and I finished a, a, a TV series we were watching. We had three episodes left. So that was that was how we spent our evening. It was a good palate cleanser. Um. So, I mean, I, I, I just I don't like Oklahoma State. I don't like Baylor, but they're kind of proving themselves. I'm not ready to put money on, ba- not money with a question mark, metaphorical money. I I'm not ready to 
to stake them yet. Uh, you know, they they beat Kansas soundly, of course. Um, and then, yeah, they pulled off a great win against Iowa State. And I think Iowa State had to come back to make it as close as it was. But I'm not there yet. As much as I want to hate on Oklahoma State, I think I want to hate on Baylor more. Yep. So I would I would take o- OSU minus three and a half here. Oklahoma State won 31 to 20 against Kansas State. Yeah. All right. Here's the weird, weird line of the night. Kansas at Iowa State minus 34 and a half. Now, what was like the, the line on Kansas last week was something ridiculous. They lost to Duke 52 33. It was Duke minus 16. Okay. So Duke covered that and we're like, no way. Um, <laughs> golly. I, Kansas covers. I think Iowa State might actually cover. And I'm the guy that's this whole time when Iowa State keeps giving these you know, massive lines over 30 or have they even scored 30 points? And, you know, technically, yeah, that what it was, I think they scored 29 against Baylor. So LOL, but (laughs) I do think they're going to be ticked off. It's a home game. Um, I think they're going to make, try to make a statement. I would pick them to cover this week just solely because of what happened last week. They've scored 30 or more points once so far this season, 48 against UNLV. All right, let's uh, let's get to our questions and start wrapping this up, man. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Uh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, so sent out the call for questions, for thoughts, input from you guys. Kyle Lang does not disappoint. Weighs in. Man, I know. He, he's got some good stuff. I'm, I'm ready for you to get through it. All right, we're going to start there. Saturday, the announcer said it's hard to win in Lubbock. We're not playing in Lubbock this week, unfortunately. It made me wonder about your thoughts on the subject. It bugged me enough to do some research. Since joining the Southwest Conference in 1960, Texas Tech has had a winning percentage of 541 with bowl eligibility in 40 of those 61 seasons. Tech does win in cycles. In the decades of the 70s, 90s, and 2000s, the team compiled a 610 winning percentage and was bowl eligible for 19 straight seasons. Of course, the offset to that is the decades of the 60s, 80s, and 10s with a more pedestrian 468 winning percentage. Prior to Cliff, the last coach with an overall losing record at Tech, was Jerry Moore, who left in 1985 with a 3.09 winning percentage over five seasons. Tech showed for almost 30 years that you can win in Lubbock, but like anywhere, it requires the right coach to make Tech a winner. All right, so thoughts on this. Um, Matt Wells is 4-4-2. He's won 10 games at Tech in three years so far. At, yeah, and that's not at home. No, that's not even at home. Um, I, not that he's he's done like markedly better at home than on the road. So I don't know, man. I I, w- I would love to see Texas Tech get back into to winning at home and and having that um, that environment that people are are intimidated or like there's 
there's some weight behind. Okay. We have to go to Lubbock this weekend. Um, yeah, like you kind of feel like, okay, we have to go to Norman. We have to go to, Ames, we have to go to Ames and not, not that like everybody's scared of going to Ames. Texas tech is cause they just don't win up there anymore. <laughs> yeah, We're kind or of scared Manhattan or something. Right. Um, especially as you welcome in new guys, you're like, Hey, central Florida, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, like Lubbock is where we win. Right. Like you're, you're here to play in front of our fans, but we're going to win. Um, it would be nice to see that cycle come back and you have that winning percentage at home starting with this year. Uh, you obviously won against SFA and Florida international. Uh, you're going to host TCU. Uh, you've got a great start schedule wise to get that rolling this year. Cause you're not, you're not hosting Oklahoma or Texas. Um, you got Oklahoma state TCU, Kansas state left on your home schedule. And one more Baylor. No, Iowa State, Iowa State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU. Got the three states. Um. So yeah, man. I I don't. I, one, that that comment was probably just thrown out in jest because like everybody used to have a like, great home advantage. Um. Would love to see it come back. Well, and I wonder if it was just because it was against Texas. Uh. <laughs> I I'm I hate to believe this, but I think the it's hard to win in Lubbock ideology is a myth now. I think it was at one time, um, maybe as late as up to 2012, 2013, and then it really dropped off after that. Uh, I mean, Tuberville had some pretty good success in Lub in Lubbock. Uh, Kingsbury did his first year. Well. Not not a ton, but the Fox game, you know, TCU, that game was that was kind of one of those weird games that if the crowd hadn't showed up like they had, I don't know if Tech would have played as well or pulled out with a win. So I think it's more of a myth now than anything, just because of the Crabtree catch is etched in everyone's memory, as it should be. I'm fine with it. You know, if people replay that, that's great. Uh, I am kind of like Crabtree. I'm I'm a little bit tired of it. Because of all I can do is think about what happened afterwards, which was, yes, they beat Oklahoma State. And then that was about it. Uh, anyway, I, I'm afraid it's kind of just a myth now. And I hope that they're gaining some momentum and getting to a position where they can kind of bring that energy and that power back. Because it used to be something. It really did. I was part of it back in the day and I'm not trying to be that. Oh, well, it's not like it was back then. I'm like, well, tech was winning a lot more back then. So that's, that's why it was more fun. And there were more people that stuck around and it was, uh, you know, just a different mentality. It, it takes a while to build that and it takes a while to tear it down. And I think we've just about torn it down. <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, I, I, I may not be in the, in the minority as much as it was a couple of years ago. I'm ready to get back to four non-conference games. Sure. <laughs> Give me eight <laughs> conference games. And like, yeah, like I, I don't want to see a bunch of FCS. There's no reason why you can't, you can't schedule up a bunch of uh lower group of five guys and just bring them in here and beat them up. Sure. I mean, and maybe that's what they'll get do. To they north and South or East and West. And it'll be, you alternate between three of whichever 
is not in your regional division every year, and then that leaves you four games to fill. And maybe that's how that'll work out. We'll see. All right. Uh, let's, let's wrap this up with what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So, obviously, um, time does heal. I'm, I'm, I'm not Sorry. there yet. I'm not there yet. He, he wasn't ready for that one because I, I didn't put it in the, in the list there. Um, yeah, I'm not. Where I'm are not, you going with this? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, no, I'm, 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 I'm going back to the Texas game. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying the defense didn't just absolutely crush, crush you this past weekend. Just like dash your hopes and dreams. Uh, cut expe- expe- expectations. Everybody's calling for Matt Wells's job. Um, I I refuse to believe your defense is that bad. You, you this is the outlier. You had three good games. Um, and then well, this even one, those games they were spotty. You know, there was there was some sections mm-hmm. where you were going, holy crap! But SFA is moving the ball. <laughs> I I just I they're not as bad as you saw on Saturday. They can't be. They can't be. They really we refuse to believe it. Refuse to believe it. Mike, what do you what did you learn this week? Well, completely changing the subject. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm changing the subject. Um, you're actually talking about football on a sports podcast. That's probably the way to go. Uh, I'm over here about to talk about some James Bond because No Time to Die comes out uh, I think next weekend. Pretty excited about it. I've enjoyed the Daniel Craig. James Bond films. Yes, I called it a film. Uh, Anyway, so I'm going back through and kind of like I did with Star Wars. (laughs) I'm rewatching all of the Daniel Craig Bond films because, man, I'm sorry. Now I'm stuck saying film. I usually don't call them films. They're just movies, guys. But anyway, I am rewatching them because unlike the previous eras of Bond with, you know, Brosnan and... Roger Moore and Connery and stuff. The sequels are actually kind of sequels. They build off of each other a little bit. You know, they, they make some references to the previous movies and they kind of build his character a little bit. And there's, uh, you know, Ralph Fiennes comes in at some point and basically takes over MI6 after M uh, leaves and stuff. So it's, well, I don't think she leaves. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, I'm going back through. I'm rewatching them all. I've only watched Casino Royale so far, which is one of my favorite Bond movies, just period. I really like it. It's, um, and it's still really good. That was really all I wanted to say is Casino Royale. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's, it's still a very enjoyable Bond movie. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that are, I think people, kind of got tired of how it, it leaned more into the physical stuff than it used to more like a born movie almost, but that didn't bother me. I thought Daniel Craig was great. Eva green is great. Mads Mikkelsen's fantastic. Just a lot of good acting there and uh, really exciting sequences. That was when Texas Hold'em was huge. So the whole 
poker scene was mm-hmm. that that might be slightly dated. That probably wouldn't be as exciting to people these days, but it definitely was back then. And then my man, Chris Cornell with like the second best bond theme out of 30 bond themes or whatever it is. Goldfinger of course is the undisputed <laughs> number one, but, uh, so yeah, maybe next week I'll have another bond recap. I've got quantum of solace over there just ready, which I wasn't as crazy about. I don't remember liking it that much. I did like skyfall quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I remember just kind of being so, so on specter. So I'm kind of interested to see what I think about these movies having, I really have only rewatched casino Royale a bunch. The other three I've, I think I've only watched once or twice. And so that's what I learned. <laughs> All right. One more thing. You're wanna, welcome for that. Everybody. I want to point out really quickly back to text tech related. Well, one, no, hold on. I am smoking ribs tomorrow for dinner, like weeknight barbecue. It's happening. What? I'm starting ribs at like 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. But you're working from home, aren't you? Yeah. I'm working. I'm ah, working there you go. Most days. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, you need to check it out. It's on KKM.com. Rob bro published an article about 18 <laughs> gentlemen that could be coaching the red Raiders in 2018. You should check out that list. Spoiler alert. One of which is Matt Wells. <laughs> yeah. Having just scrolled through the list, I was a little surprised. Colby Carthel wasn't on that list. I was too. I figured he would be number I really two figured he'd be up behind. There. Yeah. Anyways, that, that that's all that, that I'll give you um, for, for that article you need to go read like i said over on kkm.com he's probably putting all the tech facebook groups you may have already seen it by now check it out um but that'll do it for us this week on the 23 personnel podcast this is your west virginia preview we'll get you the post game instant reaction on saturday evening following text text victory in morgantown calling it for michael i'm spencer we'll catch you next time Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.